There's a lot of ADHD news out on the internet. It's becoming a much more common and accepted diagnosis, which is fantastic when we're talking about advocacy. But what has been very misleading is the message that people with ADHD can't be focused long enough to be successful. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host, as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Vaughn Granger. Vaughn is an entrepreneur, one of the hardest words to spell in the English language, who specializes in men's clothing. He's also a loving husband, caring father, avid coach, and full-on addict to the way that business problems get solved. He also introduces some key pillars with us today that, once established, have kept him functioning at a high level despite the world pushing back against him. Vaughn is also just one of the coolest dudes I have gotten to meet, and it was a pleasure having him on the show. We did run into a few connection issues with doing a mobile interview, but you'll have to tell me what you think of the edit. I'm trying a new thing to normalize quality on the whole file so it doesn't sound so jarring going back and forth. Anyway, let's get unconventional. Welcome to the show, Vaughn Granger. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Why don't you introduce yourself a bit for the audience? Yeah, so uh, I'm a entrepreneur. I own several different uh, brick-and-mortar retail locations in the men's clothing business. I'm a business coach, and we also manufacture men's clothing. So jack-of-all-trades, uh, at least in the men's clothing uh, industry, and then also a a father of three kids and married to my high school sweetheart. So that's me in a nutshell. Nice. So where did the the road to the current you get started? Uh, I guess, you know, I grew up, my father started a men's clothing store or joined in, I should say, in 1978. I was born in 82. I grew up on a horse farm and I just grew up around the business. And so I worked, I would go to trade shows and things like that all my life. And then I got a full academic scholarship to the University of South Carolina. Thought I wanted to be a doctor or an attorney. Turns out um, I was really good at partying. So I graduated with honors somehow. Uh, but over the course of four years, uh, I found that I loved being in business. I, I was a bartender, a bouncer, sold t-shirts, worked at my family's clothing store doing shipping and receiving. And you know, just fell in love with the men's clothing industry and loved sales. And so I asked for a uh, position as a salesperson when I graduated, which they obliged. And man, from there, I, I, I just worked my way up the ladder. So I started full-time sales in 2005. I uh, married my high school sweetheart, who was still in college at the time in 2005. In 2007, I became a partner in that business. And then in 2008, the recession hit. I had our, we had our first child, our daughter, Callie, and um, I got shingles because I was over leveraged, bought a brand new house, two new cars, and then skipped three months of paycheck as a partner. I was like, uh-oh. And then, uh, so from there, man, it's just really been a journey. You know, probably started a dozen different businesses 
four of which are still rocking and making good money. Um, I like, uh, you know, I do a bunch of physical activities. I, I do jujitsu or CrossFit or whatever it is, depending on my, my mood at the time. But man, I'm just a, a guy that enjoys business and enjoys helping people and build platforms and build teams. So that I don't know if that's sense. an answer you're looking for, but that's kind of how I got to here. <laughs> No, I think it's a good answer. I mean, it seems like you always have a lot going on. Is there a trick to that? Uh, man, if I don't, so I have a rule. If I don't enjoy doing it or if it doesn't make me money, then I'm out. And if I am making money at it, but don't enjoy doing it, I'm out. And so everything I do, I either really enjoy or I really enjoy and it makes me money. And so I figure every day is a gift and so I spend it with people that I enjoy working with, that I enjoy helping and serving and providing for. And that's really just, I guess that's how I manage it all. I don't, I have a, a couple of routines and structures that I follow, but pillars, if you will. But from that, I'm kind of a free flowing guy. Yeah. I mean, do you leave a lot of room for downtime or are you kind of one of those camps that's like, man, downtime's wasted time. I got to keep moving. Uh, my downtime probably looks different, you know. I travel a lot with my family, which I really enjoy. I love anything that's around a body of water. So the lake, the beach, pools, things like that. You know, so again, I don't know. My downtime is probably pretty action filled. Like there's not a whole lot of let's sit on the couch for a Saturday or Sunday and not do anything because I get a little antsy after a while. I mean, understandable, especially when you get, you know, so many things in your, your normal day to day. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, I, I guess one thing that would be helpful is I do force myself to be quiet and alone. Cause sometimes it does get a little quote loud in my world, you know, around a lot of people, a lot of the time. I do create a little bit of chaos from time to time on my own accord and I'll stretch myself then. And every now and then I, I force myself to just pull back reassess, take a look at what I'm doing, cut out anything that, you know, is not serving its purpose anymore and really force myself to do that. And I, and I make sure when I'm operating at a high level basis, I do have time in the morning where it's just me uh, working out, reading scripture, praying, meditating, that kind of stuff. I have at least an hour in the morning when I'm operating at a high level level. So that's, that's really important for me because otherwise I, I get a little cranky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you set like a, a priority list of things? If you're like, look, I might not get to everything today. These things have to happen every day. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's actually a great question. Um, but now I'm at the point, like it's impossible. Like the list is never going to get clear. Uh, sometimes I get a case of the kids and I just, tear up the whole list, delete all the emails, delete all the voicemails, text messages. And everybody's like, where did you go? And I'm like, well, I mean, if it's important, you can circle back. Uh, and so that happens from time to time. But like typically on a day, I try to have clear outcomes that I'm going for. And then each outcome may have several tasks underneath it. But what I found is oftentimes to get the outcome doesn't require me to do every task. And so it's, it's do the important stuff to get the outcomes that I need and then don't do more than I have to. I mean, I'm not saving lives uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, 
if I do 80% of the work the first time through and 80% of the remaining work the second time through, I'm, I'm at 96%. And that's good enough for most of what I'm doing. I don't have to be 100%. So I, I don't, I'm not a big perfectionist kind of guy, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, hopefully now that you're like, you know, four running businesses, a family, all these other things going on, like you have some people you've been able to to find and trust that can work, you know, on some of these things for you. Absolutely. I actually just read a really great book. Uh, I should say study. I try not to read too many books because I have a tendency to skim through them and then throw them to the side and not apply anything I learned. So now I study them. But buy back your time. Um and one of the key takeaways, the whole concept is a lot of people hire to grow their companies or their businesses. And instead, this book kind of challenges the thinking and says, you know, buy back your time. And so buy, you know, hire teammates, find teammates, bring the right people on board or outsource the things that will get you. You can still get the result that you're getting, but you're getting your time back also. So then it allows you to level up again. And I was like, man, that's really cool. So to your point, I mean, I have, I call it my SEAL team, my task force, if you will. There's a close-knit group of people that are in my inner circle that that work for all of my different companies and kind of travel across the four companies with me. And then each company has its own specific, you know, organizational chart. But that that inner circle, that task force, like they're a bunch of, killers man they're they're best of the best they get done and i trust them with anything so any one of those team members if something happened to me i would trust them with my family my companies to to run it and so on a day-to-day basis like we all handle it together and if there's a mistake like i screw up a lot so i'm pretty understanding when mistakes happen we just communicate and then come together as a team and come up with a different strategy but no none of this would be possible if it were just me alone that would suck. I mean, for sure. Are these people that you've known for a long time or did you kind of get to know them just by, you know, bringing them up as you started businesses? Um, both. Some are people that I've known my whole life. Uh, some are people that I've known for decades and then others are, are people that I've known like well for the last two years. For me, it's a trust thing and a, and a personality thing. If I find people that I trust and there's that mutual loyalty and commitment and admiration and honesty, then I figure we can teach and learn just about anything because, I mean, YouTube's great, Uh, (laughs) mentors, coaches, you know, there's an easy way to get there faster. And so, you know, I I really hire and bring on people in that, that tight team once I have a really strong trust level with them. And then from there, I figure we can just figure it all out. And for most of my life, it's always been that way. And it's worked out really well for me so far. So I don't plan on changing it. Of course. I mean, is there like, do all of your businesses kind of operate in the men's clothing section? With the exception of my coaching business. Yes. They're very different inside of the, the men's clothing industry. And there's, we have wholesale, we have retail, we have product development, we have private labeling. It's a lot of moving parts, and we've grown really quickly the last four years. Uh, was, I started one of the companies back in Liam John, uh, Liam John USA, back in 2016, 
And in the last three years, that one is almost tripled in size. And so dealing with a lot of change really fast. And that was dynamic because you have so many different distribution channels that we're working on. So they're similar, but they, they have their own nuances and definitely different processes. That's probably the biggest. Yeah. And I assume, you know, separating different kinds of product a bit, because you're like, people don't want to buy the same workout gear that they do suits. Yeah, no. And we're also very clear too. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're really good at higher end men's clothing. So like we're very clear on the person that we help and then stuff that we know that we can provide to them at a very high level. And then anything that we're going to do like half for mediocre, we just, we don't mess with it. You know, like right now I have zero interest of athleisure being one of our product, like branded product offerings because there's so many other people in the marketplace. that I think have that really dialed in. Now that could change if we come up across some new capabilities. But for the most part, if I can't provide in the top 10%, I probably don't mess with it. I, I partner up with those vendors. Yeah, you're like, I want to nail everything I do and be, you know, one of the best because otherwise, why am I doing it? Yeah. And so I look for, you know, a lot of times, like we find opportunities based out of frustration of current situations. So, you know, if I have a vendor that has a great product and they have distribution or poor execution on timelines, you know, I may open up into that, that product category from a manufacturing uh, because, you know, I, I found that the experience of doing business is the part where you can differentiate between you and your, com- your competition versus products where, I mean, Amazon and internet has commoditized the product pretty easily. Yeah. I imagine that would take a lot of effort if you're like constantly had to pivot to an entirely mm-hmm. new way of doing things. Like that's just not common. No. Well, I mean, that's, so I'm a high visionary, like come up with new ideas, breaking every five seconds. And one of the biggest things that my team has to protect our company from is me coming in and like, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. I'm like freaking squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. And they're like, dude, would you please calm down? Like, don't give us the buffet. Let's focus on like one course, please. I'm like, got it. Sorry. So like, sometimes I just have to go write those ideas down so that they feel like honored and like I'm killing my darlings. That's what your SEAL team's for is they're like, got it, Vaughn. Good idea. And they're like, write it down. Oh, dude, they're like, please get out. Any of that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, no, we're not changing directions. And they're also like, we've had to come up with like <laughs> rules. So I'll say, I'm just thinking out loud, which means do not take any action on what I'm saying next. Because I used to just have an idea, but I wouldn't clearly say I'm thinking out loud. And I would deliver it with so much excitement and confidence that everybody just assumed that that decision had been made and we all agreed to it. We we're just like charging in that direction and completely turning our back on the other direction. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, I'm just thinking out loud. So it's, it's taken a lot of painful and expensive moments of learning for that one to really kick in for me. <laughs> Some fine tuning, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like you're building a community where you're like, this is our, our tight group right here. Like we're this, you know, we're the tribe that works out. Yeah. And you're like, if one of us, you know, leaves to pursue their passion, like they're still a part of our community. We still, you know, appreciate them all the same. We just don't have them standing next to us today. That's a great way of putting it. And I think that that's something, I mean, 
I have multiple team members that have gone from being single to married to having kids to having multiple kids. And you're like, dude, that's like, I mean, that's a huge testament to the company and to the individual that's like, we get the experience of this journey together. And I think where a lot of people make mistakes, in my opinion, is like, sometimes like journeys are short together. Sometimes it's like, hey, this is the path we're walking, the company's walking. And if you're on for a mile, like I hope it was a really good mile. And if you're on for 10 miles, I hope it was a great 10 miles. And if you're on for 100 miles, that's even more cool. But like, I don't have an expectation that you're going to be on the same journey for the rest of our lives. Like that would be amazing. Like fall out of your chair type. Cool. But it's not the expectation. And so really like the love and admiration and respect during the journey is what I think is important. And then also respecting the fact that other people have maybe different journeys that they want to be on. And that's okay. Well, in doing this for, you know, as long as you have, like you said, you've been driven to do these things for quite a while. Have you had, do you just have like natural drive to get better? Or is that something you've had to stay like pretty strict on yourself for to be like, we can't wait. We can't rest on our laurels. Like we got to go all in all the time. I've always just been driven that way. Like I, I think I dodged leadership for a long time. Like I would always find myself in that position, but I would almost like deny it because I didn't like the attention. Um, and I realized, you know, in the last 10 years, I was like, man, you're in this position because of, like that drive that you're talking about. Like I constantly find myself in that position and people are looking to you Vaughn, to lead because they trust you and they should trust you. Like you got to step into it. Development for me in terms of owning being a leader and then identifying that I can get better at being a leader. As soon as that clicked for me, that's when things really started to change. Cause it's like, Oh shit, this is like now we got some horsepower behind us because I was always finding myself there, but I was kind of being a bad lead. Like I think everybody's a leader at some capacity, whether they're good or bad is a different story, but there's always somebody like everybody is somebody, someone. And so just identifying, Hey, look, I've got an obligation and I can step into this. That's probably been the biggest challenge, but I've always like drive. I've always been driven to be better. And I really like winning. Like I love I'm just going to sound probably a little bit more hard competitive than I want it to be. But like, I like beating people at the top of their game. Like I like trying new things that I suck at and then getting better and better until I'm winning. And that's fun for me. So learning new skills, being shitty for a while, I probably look like a psycho, like public speaking was the worst grade I made in college. Like, no kidding, worst grade I made. And during COVID, I was like, man, if I'm going to get better, there's like whole social media, podcast, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I got to start speaking more often on camera. And so I, like every single day, there are videos of me talking directly to my camera. I mean, it's like, what is this guy doing? It's like, oh, that's how I practice. And I've gotten slightly better. Uh, I'm not as good as I want to be. But it's like, okay, this is fun for me. And now I'll get on stage and talk in front of a couple hundred people. And it's like, okay, like this is exciting. 
It's scary. It's nerve wracking, but this is freaking cool. Like I love shit like that. That just makes me go harder. It that fills my energy up. So like you asked me about down, downtime earlier. Whenever I crank really hard, like on stuff that I'm excited about, I'll stay there for a long time because it fills my energy levels even more. Uh, I get sharper mentally. I love the mental clarity that comes along with it. Where I get, where I find myself getting burned out or needing to take a break is like when I'm dealing with the minute quote, the BS and the minutia of the day to day, blah, blah, blah. And I say it that way to kind of mock myself. Like I used to be really hesitant to give off the day to day, maintain the systems type stuff to people because I thought everybody hated it like I did. Now I realize that there are people that love that stuff, but like I hate it. Like that, that would be exhausting to me. And so whenever I have to deal with too much paperwork or whatever it is, it's like, oh, I need a break. Like go play, like go do something hard, Vaughn. Like <laughs> go fight, go whatever go just get a tattoo go do something stupid whatever <laughs> yeah i mean it seems like you developed a pretty healthy sense of self-reflection in there where you're like i now know you know who i was 10 years ago who i was five one like last week i've started to figure that out really well <laughs> it's funny i had a psych evaluation i don't know six or seven years ago maybe five years ago whatever it was Cause I was like, Oh, I wonder if I have ADD or ADHD. Um, and so I walk in for this multi, he goes, Mr. Granger, this is going to be a multi-part assessment. It's like, no problem. 15 minutes in, he's like laughing. He's like, dude, Mr. Granger, you're off the charts. He's like, the fact that you graduated high school is a miracle. And he was like, typically people with your degree of, whichever one it was shows you how much I pay attention, ADD or ADHD. He's like, <laughs> he's like, they completely lack executive skills. It's like, but you've managed to build systems and people around you to act as your scaffolding. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, I asked you earlier, if you forgot, like if your wife calls you and tells you to bring something home, do you forget? Instead, they don't even call. She doesn't even call you. She calls your assistant who puts it in your car because they know exactly where your keys are and then tells your wife that it's in there and then your wife gets it out of your car. So you don't even like you get bypassed. And I'm like, yeah, it was either that or like fail. And so I just, I guess my drive to win or get better or improve has allowed me to be very adaptive and then also being like owning who I am. And I, that was something that was hard for me. Like people would bust my chops and be like, I don't want to like, Oh, you're too big. Like I need to call your assistant to schedule time. And I'm like, dude, like here's the truth of the matter is I can tell you that I want to meet you at noon on Tuesday. And I'm going to completely forget. It has to be on my calendar and I can't remember what else I promised. And Addy takes care of all that for me. Like I'm trying to give you the best service. You can bust my chops or you can just follow the system to get the result you want. Your call. Don't care either way. Like, cause I'm going to be happy either way I'm, because I'll completely forget that I stood you up. And like, it took me a long time to get comfortable saying stuff like that. Yeah. You're like, it's not a superiority thing. I just genuinely will not follow <laughs> through on it. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with like, you got to go through the channels. It's a hundred percent about you and not about me. 
I mean, that's funny. And like, it seems like you figured out the system as you're like consistency in this aspect, like consistency of going through my assistant. Like that's what works for me because consistency of me writing it down in my schedule is not happening. No, a thousand percent. And that's where I call them pillars. Like there's certain things that I have to do on a regular daily, weekly basis to operate from a good spot. If I do not follow those pillars, then things get a little haywire real fast. And I, I equate it into four key areas. I have my physical body, my, my mind, which I include faith in there, uh, my business, and then my relationships. Those four are like, those, those are the four things that I focus on. And every single day I focus on what I need to do to maintain and increase my capacity for those four things. Anytime that my life, and, and I'm always going fast, right? So if we equate, if you put those four, you know, like you drew like a cross on your paper or whatever, and if they're all fully inflated, that's like, a, like or they're all tense, like that's a fully inflated tire. You can go really fast, really safe, and have a really smooth ride. The second one of those four go way down, shit's getting really rocky, really, really fast, and eventually you'll crash. So I have to be mindful that those four stay equally inflated and preferably at a very high level very rarely do they ever hit 10 um and stay there but like eights and nines if if everything's hitting an eight or nine at the same time like it's really cool but i have to stay focused on those pillars and the processes that work day in or day out or else i don't stand a chance well, and let me throw a, a hypothetical at you, which I don't know what would cause it, and I won't pretend to know what would cause it, but say all four of them just kind of fall out of whack for different mm -hmm. reasons. Is there one that you prioritize first where you're like, this is the, like, it has to be number one, or is it just like whatever is lowest on the flat tire? Golly, great question. Never been asked that actually. First time. Um, so it's, uh, I guess the first thing that, my, so where my brain goes first is business, right? Cause like inside of business, I financially provide for my family. I get a lot of my challenge and my, uh, my satisfaction of a comp or sense of accomplishment through business. So that's where typically my brain goes first, which also means that sometimes I can run really heavy on business at the cost of other things. Right. So I would say that typically like, if my if all four collapsed, the one that's got to be right is my relationship with myself has to be right in order for me to show up to my other relationships, which then allow me to perform in business. And so, like, if everything just went teetotal tomorrow, like I would say, okay, we're gonna give you an example. Two years ago, I, I had knee surgery. And that really puts a cramp in my style because every day I train. And so I wasn't able to train. And it was like, it really messed with me for about a week. And mentally, I was not in a good space. And the way that plays out for me is typically like I get negative. Uh, I quit doing marketing and outreach and stuff like that. And I tend to drink too many cocktails, right? Like when I'm not in a good spot and I get really, really like drill sergeantly, like just barking orders at people. And it's like, who's this jacket? So what I have to do first is I have to start moving again. 
whatever that means, right? So physically, I just have to move. And the cool part about that is I can do that anywhere in the world. So even if it was walking with crutches or just walking, like what is some type of physical challenge I can do every day? And then invariably now it bleeds into mental because mentally I'd be getting a place. And if I like every day, if I work out or move or train, if I read scripture and if I pray, that's like happy pill land. Like say here, you just got the best antidepressant Vaughn that you'd ever imagine. It locks me up from a mental and physical game. And then I can start focusing on how I'm showing up for others, which immediately directly impacts my business in a positive way. So like the mental and the physical are the two that I would tackle first. And the easiest one for me, I guess, to answer your question now, I think through it is physical is the number one place I start. Because when you talk about physical for me, it's a game of me versus me a hundred percent. Like, just waking up and if I commit to walking 30 minutes outside, 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back, come rain, sleet, or shine. Like if I do that, do that, like I'm winning. And mentally, the mental game follows the physical for me because it's typically me being obedient and disciplined and making myself, my body do what I know it's supposed to do, not what it wants to do. And that's the same mindset that, that makes me make the the phone call to the prospect, even though I might get rejected. So they all just, they all feed off of the physical obedience. Well, it's good to know that, you know, like to, to kind of see where you are, because if, if it was me, right. And it just all fell down. I'm probably going to take care of the thing that involves the most people first. And that's absolutely going to be the wrong thing. Cause I know like I'm going to be in a bad headspace physically like i'm gonna reject everything i need to do that's good for me my relationships like people in my life will not hear from me unless they're involved in whatever it is that needs to operate like i just know that's how i would do it and it's the a hundred percent the wrong way to do it and so well it's crazy oh like i mean in 2008 i got it right so we had just had our first child business was rocky i was on I mean, I was one paycheck, like one miss pe- one more missed paycheck, and I was not making the mortgage payment. My wife didn't even know the extent of how bad things were financially, because what I started doing is I just siloed in, right? So, like, I'm the guy that puts my head down, I'm going to work, and I'm going to cut off any communication, which if you ever see, if you, like, hopefully nobody will ever see me, my wife has seen, some of my teammates have seen me, if I get in that headspace, it's like, dude, he's in that mood and I start just shutting people down and they start telling themselves, like, I found people are really great storytellers. They just tell horror stories all the time. And so they're like, oh my gosh, he's mad at me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it hurts the people that are closest. And it's the exact opposite of what I really wanted to do was just try to help. But that lack of communication, because I just was like, this is me, um, it's just, I don't know. It's, for me, that was a big moment because I was like, man, I'm alone. I was up in this stupid room over the garage by myself, quarantined away. And I was like, cry. I was like, dude, this sucks. I never want to feel this again. So I was like, I can't ever shut down like this again. So that was my lesson. Well, and that's kind of like part of the calculated risk, right? Like you said, you know, seven figures of debt and you're like, sure, whatever. I know the business is running fine. Doesn't even bother me. But, you know, outside factors start playing into that and those risks start creeping up above that that comfortable level. 
and you're like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, and it's also too. I think one of the things I I've noticed is that there everybody has a comfort zone, and like I think comfort zone is capacity for a lot of people. Um, I'm certain I'm comfortable with a certain level of uncertainty or a certain level of debt. But there are people, I always call there, there's always somebody bigger, stronger, faster than you, right? And so I don't even compare myself to other people. It's just like, what do I want to improve on? Because there's always things outside of your control. There's always uncertainty. Like I've been married. I have been with my wife between girlfriend and wife longer than I have been alive without her, which is crazy, right? So like, I can't even imagine what it's like to come home and her not be there, right? But I can't control her reaction to the way I say I love you in the morning. I can just control that I said I love you and mean it. And so it's just staying really focused on what is it that I can control, what's working, what is not working, and being okay with, like, don't be too judgmental because, like, we're our worst freaking critics. Like, you would never, like, most people would never talk to somebody else the way we talk to ourselves. It's like, dude, have a little grace. You know, just be a little sweet to yourself. Like, you need a hug. It's okay to get a hug. <laughs> you would do it to somebody else. Just be kind, and don't even judge what your 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 comfort zones are. Like, just get uncomfortable. Like, I, I've done some physical transformations where you know I could teach people how to eat and that kind of stuff, and it's really cool. But one of the coolest transformations I ever saw is I like, do was like hundreds of pounds overweight, and it was like, gee. Just set your watch for 15 minutes, and every day, I just want you to walk. I don't care about the pace. I just want you to walk for 15 minutes, and when that alarm goes off, just turn back around and come back home. And he, like, three months later, he's like, man, I went from being barely able to, like, walk down the block to walking miles. And obviously, lost a lot of weight, but his confidence level inside of his business and relationship and everything else skyrocketed. But it was like, just get uncomfortable and don't compare your level of fitness to my level of fitness. I've been stacking those wins up for the last 30 years of my life. Like it's the foundation is late. I cannot work out for three months and I'm still going to look like I worked out recently because it's just stacking small wins day in, day out, day in, day out. And take pride in the process, not the outcome. And I think that's like, if I could offer one piece of advice to anyone is like fall in love with being the best at the consistency on the process, but make sure it points to results that you want. And then just, because you're going to live in the process infinitely longer than living in the quote result that you'll not be happy with 72 hours later. Absolutely. And I think that's fantastic advice to leave people with. Vaughn, I've appreciated your time immensely. Thank you so much for being here. I was hoping to give you some time right here just to tell people where they can find you if they're looking for more. Go find me on Instagram at Vaughn Granger. That's where I'm the most active is Instagram and Facebook. Um, We talk about clothes. We talk about business. Uh, You'll find everything that I do on those two platforms. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Cole. I appreciate it, man. This has been great. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you for being here. What a blast, and a short interview to balance out the last long one. Check out more from Vaughn and try to implement those pillars into your own life. It can make a big difference just to see your everyday through a different lens. 
Anyway, the mid-October rankings are as follows. Number one, the United States, now led by New York, Oregon, and California. Number two, the United Kingdom, with England at the top. Number three, Australia, still run by New South Wales. Number four, Canada, with Ontario taking back its maple-scented crown. And number five, Germany, climbing back into the top five. That's it for this week. Have a great weekend, and I will see you all back here for the next episode. Until that next episode, please do all those things that help the show grow, like rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing, telling your friends, telling your family, telling your enemies, telling strangers. Remember, you can also reach out to dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or on any social media if you want to reach me personally. Most importantly, stay dumb.